I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's the season like? No other we've ever seen before, and it's a teamless Tuesday, probably like we've never seen before. Uh, it's basically two Super Coach Christmases in one year. It feels like everything's been reset. Uh, it's been an age since footy, but we're just two sleeps away. Uh, big day, obviously. Teams have dropped. Uh, shocks. Uh, a few other bits and pieces around in the media, I guess goes without saying a certain Sharkies player has played up uh, carnage before the seasons even began as if we'd expect anything else uh, JT here joined by a couple of regulars they're back on board I've got Benny G firstly how are you mate I'm good thanks how are you mate yeah not too bad I was just saying before your shoulders looking nice and uh, well bulked up since we started this little push-up challenge how's that going uh yeah I've still got about 110 to do tonight so I'm a bit sore today, but um, check me out. So that'll explain any grunt you mate. Just go for it while we're recording. <laughs> Maybe I will. I mean, it's probably worthwhile mentioning, given the size you've got there at the moment, mate. Uh, Bronson Sherry has been done for testosterone. You might um, know a thing or two about that particular field, looking at those guns, mate. Uh, what did you make of all the news today? Um. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely hilarious because this morning I was just having a, a troll through NRL.com and I saw this article about um, how quick he was coming back to, to training and how fast he was and how he could be matching Olympic records, etc. And then like three, maybe four hours later, I think I just went back to the same page and it just said that he's been done for, for a performance <laughs> drugs. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh. It was just unreal. I could not believe it. Uh, rugby league never changes. Uh, also on the line, we've got we've got Lakey. It's your second pod in a couple of days, mate. How are you feeling? Oh, mate, it's tough to back it up as soon as we do, but you know you got to pull through for the people. <laughs> Just saying, we got Benny G in a singlet here. We're on the Zoom call. You're in a beanie and a jacket. Um, someone's a little colder than the other. Yeah, mate. Out in the sticks, it gets a bit, you know. It's probably about minus 30 here, give or take. Mm. So I'm doing well just to be in the beanie. That's fine. Well, while the weather outside gets rather cold, looking at your Supercoach rankings, as we try to get or recollect where we left off in round two, just having a look through our little Young Legends League here, and you've always started the year on fire. So, Benny G, you're third in our 20-man league, just behind Rob Sutherland and Joe Fitz. Uh, You had a cracking start to the year. Are you feeling like you'll uh, kick off basically where you left off? Um, I, I bloody hope so. I, I feel like um, I would have been, I would be in a better position if we didn't actually have all these five trades because I feel like I'm in a, I'd be in a decent um, position if we only just had the two. But 
these five might, I don't know, it's a big game changer for everyone. It could mean that the people that are a little bit further up could drop back and give the others that are a little bit lower a big chance to, to rise to the top. So we'll just see how these five trades go. Hey? And Lakey, you're not that far off him, about well, looks like 19 points behind, uh, still in the top 5K, so you did rather well. I think you had a massive first round, didn't you? Yeah, I can't even remember, actually. It's that long ago. Um, but, yeah, somewhere up there. I dropped almost 4K in after round two, so, yeah, it sounds like my round one was the one that leveraged me up there. Um, not too far behind you there, about 30 points in eight thousand odd but if i just scroll down and give me a moment because this is going to take quite some time uh here we go right down to the bottom you want to play yeah, the good bad uh, and ugly wenin's <laughs> rose languishing in thirty six thousand, and not <laughs> i would say not far off him but he's about 50 points and 50, oh, 10 odd k rankings behind but catfish as well they he's forty five thousand. A lot of work for them to do. The five trades are a godsend for them. Surely they were in delete team territory. Yeah, I had a bit of a chat to Fish this afternoon and he's um, he's looking outside the box as he's known to do. He's trying to catch up already. He's talking chasing points. We're at the pointy and uh, the very fr- front end of the season and um, he's already starting to hit panic buttons. It's a short year nonetheless, a lot of catching up to do in a short space of time. But I guess what brings us here anyway is Teamless Tuesdays dropped. So obviously 4 o'clock we were all refreshing like madmen uh, just to get the teams up. NRL.com held up amidst all the chaos. Um, so quite a few surprises that we'll go through team by team on tonight's pod. But I thought before we do, I'd give a bit of a rundown of what's expected over the site and over the podcast over the next couple of days. So tonight you've got me, Benny G. Lakey, going through Teamless Tuesdays. Then you've got tomorrow, Wenin on his, it's not a solo pod, but it's his little uh, experiment, his Wednesday night trade pod. So it's a first uh, for the SC report. You'll have a very special guest alongside himself and Stilesy. I think he got he got the numbers man, he got the mailman uh, call up there to save himself a little bit because none of us are on it. Uh, but it would be Wenin, Stilesy, and a very special guest who's been on this pod before. Yeah, so mate. Uh, keep your ears out for that one. That's going to be one to watch. Uh, <laughs> say there might be a few spirits uh, being sunk on in the meantime anyway. Uh, also on the site, Lakey, you'll deliver with your captain's article as you do every Thursday. We'll get late mail as well. Uh, Millgate will be back with buy, sell, hold, a massive buy, sell, hold. I think when we last spoke to him, he was nudging up into four digits in terms of words and he hadn't even got to the uh, to the cells yet. So that will be a monster. And then obviously the trade talk on the site, that looks bumper at the moment. But uh, before we, I guess, move on, uh, game by game, so I've taken... The first four here, Semi, I think, or Benny G, you're doing the next two. Semi, you'll close us with your beloved Knights. Um, but I think what we'll do, rather than delve too deeply into um, trade talk or anything like that, is just go through some of the key uh, ins and outs that we've seen so far. There's quite a few. Um, and I think I wouldn't say groundbreaking. It's not a uh, huge shock, some of the names that we're seeing there, but a lot of these things have big super coach implications. So I guess best place to start off Thursday night, do sleeps away, Broncos versus Eels. So it's side seeking revenge after 58-0. A lot has gone down since then. Uh, Brand new season for them. 
can't see it ending too well. But uh, in terms of super coach news, the team we're talking about there is the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, littered with injury in that lineup at the moment. So uh, Alex Glenn comes back into the side for the injured David Fafida. Uh, initial prospects were that he wouldn't be out that long, but I don't know. The Lakey, have you heard anything else about Fafida's knee? I've heard two weeks, I've heard four, I've heard indefinite. Uh, yeah, who knows? No, last I heard is uh, three to four. Um, I couldn't even tell you exactly where that is, so don't quote me. But, yeah, he's looking at about a round six, seven return, I think. Yeah, either way, uh, Fafida's a definite sell for this week. Uh, Joe O makes his first game for the year. Uh, he comes into the bench uh, off of his suspension to start the season. McCullough, obviously, <laughs> shrewd mid-season signing by your boys, the Knights. Uh, so he disappears from the side, uh, leaving Herbie Farnworth in that utility role on the bench there. Uh, what else have we got? Matt Lodge is named in the uh, he's in the extended bench there in jersey number 21, but by all reports coming out today, he looks pretty set for either a starting spot or a bench spot come game day. So I think a bit of, um, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, just being cautious with the side name there, but it looks like uh, Lodge will make the 17 in some description. Uh, so in terms of the Broncos side there, there's a couple of names I've got down here. Uh, Jake Turpin. So an interesting prospect here now that McCulloch's gone. Um, could get the chance to play 80 minutes if they don't use Farnworth in that sort of relieving hooker role. Um, Benny G, any love from you there? Halfback hooker, 333K, break even of negative four. Um, suddenly his super coach prospects have shot up. Yeah, I haven't really given too much of a look at him. I think when you sent through the stat, of the one you just said, I, I didn't realise that he might be up for 80 minutes. I, I, do we know if anyone is going to take any minutes off that bench? I I don't even know who bloody number 17 is there, Ethan Bullymore. Um, he might not even be there if Lodge comes on, obviously, but I, it looks like he could be an 80-minute player. Turpin has the ability to be decent. He could, be, he could earn you a few... Extra cash. I don't know how much more he's going to get, though. But, yeah, really unsure. I'd probably just be a wait and see for me. Yeah, I mean, particularly for that hooker halfback spot, it's already it's a pretty tight uh, position there. So he will make a bit of cash over the coming weeks, but I think that's the big question. Um, there's plenty of options at the moment at a cheaper price and more, I guess, long-term prospects so Turpin's a watch there but 80 minutes at 333k is nothing to sniff at I'm sure uh, Wilf with his Broncos glasses on will be looking directly at him Um, Tom Flegler is an interesting one so I've originally had him in my um, last well the trades I've been making over the last month or so ever since the app resumed he's been in my side since that point but um, that Siding on of Lodge on the bench there is just maybe reconsider bringing him in there. Uh, he's got a great break even at the moment. Uh, he played plenty of minutes in the first couple of rounds and knocked out some good scores there. But I've uh, just regressed a little bit on him uh, given some of the other options we've I've seen today. Um, either of you guys, I guess, Lakey, are you a Flegler owner or a potential owner? I'm not, and I don't think I'm going to take the risk with Lodge there. The we spoke about it the other night. These guys that have been on their injury list, um, the break has just done wonders for them. It's um, expedited their recovery time as 
for real NFL uh, NRL, sorry. And um, so they're they're back a lot sooner than they otherwise would have been. And it looks like Lodge he might even sneak into the seventeen on Thursday night, and it won't be long before he's starting again. So. If you started with Flegler, he's going to get a couple of decent price rises, but I wouldn't be bringing him in. Yeah, I mean, the negative 34 break even was what caught my eye initially. Um, and he's a, he's a workhorse when he gets out there, but I, I guess minutes long term are his um, biggest question mark. So, okay, I've ended up going a few other options than him, but I, I couldn't begrudge anyone for bringing him in for that um, sort of short-term cash rise if you don't have, I guess, Tanua Brown or... Uh, Gula or anyone like that in your in your eye line, but um, yeah, that's. I mean, he's good that he's been named in the starting spot and pending Lodge. If he does end up coming back from the bench, um, should churn out some good minutes this week. But um, yeah, he's definitely one you'd if you are bringing in, you'd be looking to flick him not that long after. Um, Jamil Hopawadi's attracted a bit of interest as well, so he's played a couple of games to start the season and has been named at. Starting second row, they're a number 12. So that's obviously due to the David Fafida injury as well as the TPJ surprise, surprise suspension. Uh, so both those players, TPJ's out for three weeks and Fafida, as we mentioned, is a, um, looks to be three to four weeks at this stage. So should get some solid game time and solid price rises in that time. Um, second row is a little tougher of position, I would have thought. Some good cheapies there already. Benny G, Hopawadi. Uh, nah, not not for me. I'm, I'm I can understand people looking at him for the for the short term. And if you've got if you don't have any other fives to put out in your team or other opportunities, I guess elsewhere in your team, and you just want a bit of a cash rise, then I don't like. I don't know. I don't look down at you doing that trade. It's just I don't know. There's too many people coming back. Too many unknowns. Um, there's just yeah. I, I can't do it myself. Cool. Uh, moving on to their opponents this week, the Eels. So not a lot of movement. Um, again, like we mentioned, the break has done wonders for uh, Reed Marnie. So he looked gone for all money. I think he was two to three months on the sidelines and when he came off against the Titans in round two. Thankfully for him, he's been able to use this downtime to get back on the mend and he's found himself starting hooker again. So great news for him. Uh, so he's a four forward bench as well. So Interestingly, they've still got Takarangi there, whether he's in a utility role or he's just going to fill in and bits and pieces around that forward pack, who knows. Round one, he didn't even make it onto the field, so and they ran a similar rotation. So is he the guy that misses out if they don't need him in the forward pack? I'm not too sure. Uh, but I think the, the four forwards, I don't know if it... Would it dissuade you, I guess, Lakey, from a guy like Matto? So Sean Lane and Madison are big-minute players uh, is there a bit of question marks now? Maddo did play 80 in both rounds. Um, but, yeah, does that bench there sway you one way or another to Maddo? I, I can't see Maddo playing less than 80 if it's a tight game. He's done so, and that's why he was recruited. Um, but look, look at the bench. Evans and Terrapo, they're more your big middle forwards. Um, I see Takarangi more as injury cover if one of the centers or wingers go down he can come on and play there or if one of the back rows or someone goes down he can come and play there so i think he'll play more of a floating role and probably only get 10 to 15 so if you're looking at Mado, i think he's safe as houses hmm. so yeah and uh nathan brown the guy that nicore is replacing on the bench there is suspended until 
uh, sorry, in the starting 13, is suspended until round five. So good game time for Nakore there, but he's never been an option. So we can ignore him. Outside of that, um, basically, as we'd expect from the Eels, the back line's solid as ever. Uh, Wonga Blake's still sitting there. I think you've uh, one of you guys, I think, owns him. Or both. Uh, yeah, I'm an owner. I'm still trying to decide what yeah. to do with him. I really want to boot him, but um, there's some other options about that means he may survive. Uh, it's a long two days until uh, Thursday drops, so plenty of time to go back and forth on that one. Uh, yeah, nothing else for the Eels from me. So moving on to the game that we've all been waiting for, I think as soon as this one dropped, we all had it penciled in. Uh, you really want to be settled in. Sunday, are you? <laughs> We're going in uh, chronological order here, but the Cowboys and the Titans, so two blockbuster teams here. Um before I was going through some of the stats for this game, we have not lost, when I say we, the Cowboys, have not lost to the Titans since March 31, 2014. And I had a look at that game. It was a sloppy 13-12 to 12 win by the Titans at um, Gold Coast down there. Greg Bird was kicking goals for them. So it's been a long time for the poor old Titans there. They are absolutely due a win, and uh, Benny G and I are very nervous. Um, Cowboys, interestingly, uh, biggest news for them, I guess, is Gavin Cooper. So old man Cooper has succumbed, I believe, to a back injury. Uh, He's been scratched from the side there and replaced by Mitch Dunn, uh, who was riding the bench for the first couple of rounds, but Dunn comes into the starting second row there, Shane Wright to the bench. Um, outside of that, nothing too uh, crazy there. Obviously, my uh, my boy Morgo won't be featuring for at least a month by the looks. So I've uh, had to cut losses there and get rid of him. But uh, a handy enough replacement in Jake Clifford coming into the starting seven for him there. Um, just like the Eels back line elsewhere is pretty settled. Ford pack as well. Um, big Tamalolo up front. Um Cohen Hess, I guess, is one worth talking about. So, interestingly, for the Cowboys, they've got Reese Robson, who'll spell Jake Granville. Um, but they've got three Fords, not the not the heaviest of props there. So, there's a risk that Cohen Hess could be spelled at some point. But I don't see it being a massive risk, given the way that Cohen Hess has come back. Uh, he looks fitter than ever in training. He had a good couple of weeks, um, particularly his round two game, where he looked an attacking threat at the line. Um, so, I... Like 99% sure that Hesse's going to punch out 80 minutes. So I'm not too worried by that bench. Um, I've brought him in, but are you guys, Benny G is a fellow cowboy. Um, have you got the blue and grey glasses on when it comes to Hesse? Um, yeah, a little bit. I haven't made any of my trades just yet, and I've looked at Hess quite a lot. Um, I'm just really hoping if I do bring him in that I get round two Hess and not the plunk of 38 <laughs> points in round one. The only problem with um, Hesse, which is all the time if you're looking at bringing him in, is that he doesn't make that many runs a game. He doesn't really make that many tackles a game, but he's just got that ability to break the line and grab a try. Um, With his run coming up, this is probably the ideal time to get him. So if you are looking at bringing Hess, now is pretty much the best time to do so, especially at his price. I think he's around mid-300s or something like that. So, yeah, if you're going to bring him in, now's the time yeah particularly this week so he's coming up against a a titan side that's been ravaged by injury and uh flu vaccinations and the like so uh he and Drinkwater should be combining against uh a guy on the titan side who can struggle to make a tackle at the best of times in uh keegan hipgrave so i guess moving on 
to the Titans there. So they had a couple of reshuffles there. Biggest ones probably uh, everyone's boy, Bryce Cartwright. Uh, he's on the extended reserves in number 18, so couldn't even crack the 17. And his spot at number 12 has been replaced by Hipgrave. So he'll have his work cut out for him against Drinkwater there. We saw what Drinky did against Joe Stimson in that Bulldogs game. So uh, with a bit of room to move out there, the likes of him and Cohen Hess could go very large this game. So interesting combination there. Um, not only that, it looks like he'll be a defensive pairing with Jamal Fogarty. So a player that's not even in the Supercoach app at the moment. So he's uh, sort of come from the clouds there. His last game, he's played two NRL games. He's a 26-year-old half. Uh, he played in 2017 for the Titans, so it's been a good three years on the sidelines for him. Uh, he'll get his shot here and should come into the game at bottom dollar, uh, halfback 5'8". He'll be one to look at over the next couple of weeks. Doesn't look like a hell of a lot of competition for him looking at that extended bench. Um, so you've got Cartwright, Mitch Rain, uh, who's been dropped to the extendeds in favour of Aaron Clark, ex-Warrior. Uh, Brian Kelly... Jonas Pearson fill out that extended bench. So Fogarty in terms of a half option looks like he's got a hell of a lot of competition there, but we'll wait and see with him. A guy that I was looking at over this last couple of months as well was Philip Sammy. So he's been named on the wing with Tyrone Roberts moving from 5'8 to fullback. Lakey, did you have any love for Sammy as a fullback option in this game? Uh, Some. Not enough to seriously consider him, but I did like what he was doing from there. Um, he had a good run at the end of last year, but I don't think you can trust the Titans. Outside of Jai Arrow, who just gets through some work, they just, they're just a garbage side. And apologies, <laughs> apologies to all the fans out there, but call it as I see it. And this, all this talk about, I mean, this is the game we lose, uh, honest, honestly. Just. This is typical Cowboys. Um, outside of that, uh, cheapy front rower Sam Lissone uh, retains his spot at starting prop there, but he's very much a meat and potatoes, won't make you too much. Uh, so I don't think he's an option there. The guy you mentioned, Jai Arrow. So he's going to be playing with a three forward bench with Clark there. So um, the last game they played against the Eels, so just injuries all over the park. So he got 80 minutes in that game. Hit about a 56. So his minutes per, or points per game that week weren't ideal. But uh, if that three forward rotation holds, and we'll be able to have a look at it over the next couple of weeks, and his minutes hold, uh, which is the important one, he suddenly skyrockets as an option in this game and probably the only Titan you'll want to own. Um, so definitely one to look out for. But who knows with this Titan side? He'll play 50 minutes one week and 80 the next. So we'll wait and see on him. Uh, no one else I really saw in this Titan side. Sorry, like Even if he's playing 80, they only get about 50 minutes of game time from watching all the conversions anyway. Uh, that's probably where all the neck injuries and that stem from is looking back over his shoulder when they kick conversions. But uh, no, all good. Go you Titans. Uh, third game of the round, and it's a blockbuster, and a legitimate blockbuster this time. Uh, but Roosters and Souths, um, a lot has gone into this one a lot in the pre in the I guess off season we'd call it there there's so many talking points to this game the oldest rivalry in the game but uh, we'll start with the Roosters there so one big omission that we've seen today was Taki Aho being named or in the extended reserve so a bit of talk around that he's got an injury but I couldn't find anything confirmed on that one 
I saw something earlier in the day on Twitter that said he was going to struggle to get up for this game through injury. So I guess he's just been carrying something and hasn't got it right. Um, they'll give him an extra week to to get back on. But um, I wouldn't read too much into it. He'll be he'll be back on the starting side as soon as he's right to go. Yeah, outside of that, Josh Morris makes his debut for the Roosters there, so a bit of a turbid off-season there. Will he go to the Roosters, won't he? I kind of think the Sharks are regretting that one right about now, but uh, he'll line up alongside his brother there uh, to see out his career. Um, nothing else too crazy there. So Jake Friend, who is someone I was looking at in the, the before the year just to see how he'd come back, he's still going to split minutes with Sam Verrills on the bench there. Um, it's had a quiet start to the year, so we're looking for his price to dip a little. Uh, he might become an option late in the year. Um, outside of that, Angus Crichton, he uh, gets into the starting spot courtesy of Mitch Orbo. Orbo gun, unfortunately, out due to his father's funeral. So Crichton will get some starting minutes there. He was playing centres at the start of the year, getting knocked out in the World Club Challenge. Uh, it could be his only week in the starting spot, so I'm sure the guys will get into it tomorrow, but I wouldn't be reading too much into that at his price. Benny G, I know you love a bit of Angus, but even you, are you swayed by that at all? Get off the bus. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm really worried about Orbe coming back, obviously. Um, he, he's only played, I think, Crichton missed round one, played round two, got 67 it's so about 530k, so he's good value for what he can what he can punch out. But I'm just worried about whether he's going to keep that starting role for the rest of the season, and I just don't think he will. So can't um, yeah, can't bring in Angus at this stage. Yep, very cool. Uh, moving on to their opponents, so the Bunnies. <laughs> A very, very interesting lead-up to this game. Uh, the back line, as it stands, you got Luttrell at the back there. Um, Braden Burns, he's recovered in time to make the side. I think he was carrying a niggle out of round two. So I think the downtime has been good for him. Alex Johnson sees his uh, first run-on game for the year on the wing here. Um, interestingly, he was playing off the bench there to start the season and spelling Luttrell. And I think in last the game against the Broncos, he spelled burns when he went off injured so by looking at that lineup four forwards on the bench does that mean that latrell is going to play 80 minutes is that the thinking there lakey it want to hope so um that's what they brought him to do but i guess the the flexibility that johnson provides is that if mitchell does get gas he can flick out into the centers and you can put johnson at the back for stages so they can move him around he'll play 80 by the looks of it but just where is he playing 80 one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hmm. Phenomenal that that's even a question for a first grade fullback on uh, fullback money. But here we are. Troy Dargan comes in for the suspended Cody Walker. So Karate Cody... He's out for two games, so Dargan will spell him then, but definitely not an option given the uh, long-term job security is just not there. Uh, Ford Pack stays as is, so Totola, Cook, Burgess, Sewer, Murray and Knight, so nothing's changed there. Um, big issue for them, though, the the relevant guys in that case are the Sewer, Murray and Knights. Uh, the four forward bench. So Liam Knight's minutes were terrible to start the season, uh, below 50, didn't get the out, uh, work rate that we expected, that many owners expected. So the four forwards on the bench does nothing for me. If you owned him, uh, you've got to get rid of him, right? Are there, either of you guys own it? Yeah, I've got him. And um, he's, he's one of the guys that I'm trying to get out of my team. I'm just trying to work it all out. Um, I just, yeah, don't have the money to get everyone that I want. So he might be one that stays a little bit longer, but I am trying to get him out at this stage. Yeah, I'm an owner. Well, that's it. He's, he's not the worst option to keep there, I guess, in, um, in for this week with the five trades and all that. Yeah, so he's only carrying a low to mid 30 BE. So even if he does still only punch out about 50 minutes, he's not going to lose any money. So I think you can... Hey, Benny, you can hold him for a week or so and, and see what happens with that four forward bench and focus on your other areas that you need to. Uh, who's on the bench there for the bunnies? So you've got Nichols, Lowe, Sirenen, and Margus, so all forwards. Uh, well, we lost Lakey. <laughs> Benny G, it's just you and I. <laughs> that Logan internet connection's no good. Yeah, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, uh, we'll see. He's doing with Cook. I don't have Cook. Oh, did you go? Who did yeah. you start with? Oh, and Brayley. Uh, some reason I thought you went Cook and Caro. Pre season, that's where I was going to go, and um, just needed some extra cash just before I, the season kicked off, so I pivoted. I wouldn't be up at the heights that I am with Cook in the side, mate. That's a that's a JG move. Hey, please, uh, Wilfred, Mister Forty Six Thousandth is the Cook owner here. Oh, uh, no, Tamalolo. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that worked out well, champ. Uh, only other news there. So preseason cheapy that we had an eye on was Keon Kalomatungi. So he's all the way down in jersey number twenty one. Uh, so unfortunately, this offseat well. Uh, hasn't done anything for his super coach option or potential in the future, so it's a bit disappointing. But um, other one on the extendeds there is James Roberts. So I don't know what's going on here. He's in rehab one week and then not, and then might get named, but then they want to hold him back for at least a week. So who knows? Could see it come game day. 
as I get a bit excited, sorry. Come game day, you could see James Roberts in the starting side, AJ on the bench, spelling Latrell. So I don't know what Wayne Bennett's doing. I don't know what Roberts is doing there, but he's in the side. Whether or not he gets there is another thing. But um, in terms of super coach, I think that's the only impact it'd have is potentially on Latrell, um, who I think a lot of people are looking to offload anyway. So, uh, yeah, interesting what's going on there with the bunnies. But um, they've managed to field a side and it looks pretty handy. So we'll see how they go. Uh, final game that I'm doing, enough of my voice, uh, another blockbuster, the Warriors and the Dragons. So Warriors have got a fairly makeshift side at the moment because they have just been absolutely destroyed by injuries, particularly the forwards. So if you look at the back line there, RTS, uh, the big name player there, but Pat Herbert, Peter Hicku, Jared Beale, Ken Mamalo. I uh, wouldn't say it's the strongest back line you've seen in the NRL before, but um, handy enough names, not really super coach relevant at this stage. Uh, Cody Nicarima's won out the uh, Blake Green halves partner position there, pushing CHT to the bench. Uh, but I think what we've all been focusing on is the makeup of this Ford pack. So a couple of cheapies that we've got uh, in our sights here. The big one, Jermaine Tanua Brown. So he starts in the front row. Jersey number 10 gets a huge chance at some big minutes there. So um, at his current break even, Pretend his work rate that we've seen in the first couple of rounds. Um, I've got him down as a must-have. So I've got him in, no question. I think he's negative 47, well, negative 28 break-even. So stands to make a hell of a lot of price rises in a very thin forward pack for the Warriors. So uh, his stocks have risen. The other guy is uh, Alicia Katoa. So he's clung on to his spot in the 17. He is Jersey 17, which is a bit of a worry. Um, but in terms of potential price rises, his break-even is negative 47. With no matter what minutes he gets on the park, that's uh, going to mean a hell of a lot of cash in the bank over the coming weeks. Personally, I don't think it's too big of an issue seeing him come off the bench. Uh, he did it in round one, I believe, and still punched out a 50-odd good work rate when he's there. Lakey, you're, or I guess you're both Katoa owners? I am now. Uh, I wasn't to start the year, but he was the first one I brought in. Uh, but, yeah, he started on the bench um, for round one in against the Knights, and it was a complete downpour, but he still came on and, and ran out 50 straight minutes um, to score a point per minute. So I think that's kind of the role he's going to play. He might come on once the Stings come out of the game and provide that second wind for that the Warriors may need to, you know, stay competitive. Um, I can't see Papali um, playing big minutes. He should probably stay around that 40, 45. So I don't see Katoa as a problem. Yeah, I mean, the... When Katoa was playing as well, and I think Anton alluded to this in his pod, uh, but he was one of the better Warriors forwards. I mean, it's not saying a hell of a lot, but just that injection of youth. Uh, he looked like a workhorse. He looked dangerous in attack at times. So he ticked all the boxes. So uh, must have just been sort of that off-season training. He's, he's lost his spot there, uh, a bit more experience to start the year. But um, in terms of what he did in round one and two, he definitely didn't do his long-term prospects any harm. So uh, as much as it's a little downheartening to see him in that 17, I still think we'll see plenty of games from him this season. Um, and the other one on the bench there, you've got King Vuni, Vuni, King V. 
Big Kenny, Kingy V, uh, another Warriors cheapie there. I haven't looked too much into him. Uh, his, his output wasn't ideal over the first couple of rounds, but again, another Warriors forward that um, was, is now going to have to step up uh, in the loss of uh, the Tavangas and Armours and everyone else that they've unfortunately gone down. Uh, the Dragons, so... This one was a interesting one. So Zach Lomax, a fair few owners in the Supercoach game. So initial thoughts were that he would go to the wing, but he's found himself at number four. So he's found himself in the centres, which is better news, I think, for his week-to-week playing in the 17 uh, proposition. So I'm an owner and initially was a little worried that he'd be parked out on the wing there and not getting through a hell of a lot of work. Uh, but the fact is that Senna still uh, got the goal kicking still leans me to playing him in the 17 each week. Um, I don't know about you guys, Benny G. What are you doing with Lomax? Um, I actually don't own him. so There you go. What are you going to do with Lomax? I was looking at potentially bringing him in this week if I if I needed to find someone a little bit cheaper but not bottom price cheap. But, yeah, so not doing much with him at the moment. <laughs> Right, Lakey, I should have gone to you. Are you? An, please tell me you're an owner. I'm an owner. I don't know hey. that he's an every week player, but he's playing the Warriors, so it's not the worst yeah. option. The only, no, fair. the only concern, I guess, is you and Aitken on the bench. Oh. <laughs> so I initially saw that and I've gone, what on earth is Aitken? I've seen him on the bench before and I know that's where McGregor likes to play him. So I thought I'd just duck into one of the Dragons online forums and the um, basically the persistent tone around a lot of what they thought is what the fuck. So uh, no idea what the plan is for Aitken there. I hope to God it's not like a magic round 2019 thing where he uh, substituted on for Zach Lomax. But... Um, yeah, absolute mystery what he's doing in the 17 jersey there, what minutes he's going to play. They talk of even putting him in the back row. Uh, no idea. Uh, that doesn't help my uh, wanting to play Lomax at least this week. But, um, yeah, I've got to trust that Mary will do the right thing. I'm sure he really? will. <laughs> if their fans don't have any faith, I will. Uh Ford Pack, Cam McInnes makes his return. So he's a very interesting play given his dual flexibility this season. So 620K season, pretty steeply priced for that hooking role. Uh, but second row, this year is a little shallower than previous years. So I don't know about you, maybe Benny G. Cam McInnes, is he a guy that you're going to be looking at in, say, a month's time once we've seen him uh, hit his straps again? Yeah, definitely. I just want to see how good he is after not starting the season, coming back from injury. Um, he's pretty highly priced. I can't remember how much. Is he almost 700 or something, or high 600s or something like that? Yeah, 620 or something, I thought. Okay, yeah. that's not too bad. It's still, it's still pretty high, so I just got to see what sort of um, output he's, he's giving. I mean, we've got two rounds at least to look at him before we decide. He's pretty handy that he, you can get him in second row if your hooker's pretty stacked or you – you don't want to get rid of any value in there. So could be a good option in a few weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, an interesting omission on this bench is no Isaac Luke. So originally the thought was that Luke being, I guess, a big name player coming to the Dragons is there to spell McInnes. Maybe McInnes goes to second row as he did a bit last season, but Luke's not even named in the 21, along with Tim Laffey. So I don't know what they've done. Um, but you were yeah, big Yui's been training the house down. He is uh, raring to go from that bench. Um, but yeah, that that was an interesting out there. So it looks like Cam McInnes has all but sewn up eighty minutes, which is good for him. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean he's it means he's not going to drop in prices. We would have hoped with a dual rotation, but um, yeah, plenty of time to watch and wait. Uh, the other name on the bench there, and this one's a bit annoying because Terrell Fuimaona. I don't know if are you got either of you guys owners. No. no. So he's that dual second row center wing, started the year about two two hundred K, I thought. And he has a terrible super coach pedigree. So I think he has a points per minute average in his three or four years of like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5. He's never done a single thing in this game. People saw the dual and thought, yep, we'll we'll go him just in case he can hold that spot down, a starting spot for a couple of weeks. And then it all looked like it went up to shit because, oh, we've had this massive break. So by the time the guys like um, the Sims brothers get back and all that and Trent Merrin comes back and all this, Fuimona will be gone, not even named in the 17. Finds himself in the in the 16 jersey, Trent Merrin in 18. I don't know what's going on, but it means Terrell Fuimona is going to make some cash for his owners. So I'm a little annoyed about that. He's got a 75 from last week that's going to or last round that's going to stay in his average for a while. I think in that game he hit his entire 2019 tackle bust in one game he made his first line break in like four years um so i had a kissed on the dick for owners uh for oh, don't get caught on us now mate i thought we decided this wasn't the family friendly one let's get bear back he'll say it <laughs> Oh, unbelievable. So that is a huge in for owners there on that bench. If he comes out and churns out 30, which is pretty generous, um, he'll see a 100K price rise in a couple of weeks if he can hold that spot down. So um, great news for owners. They don't have to bother looking anywhere else. Keep him in the side for the time being. Um, Trent Merrin again on the 18. I don't know what's going on there. Mez might be uh, out to pasture. But um, that does me. We'll take a short break and then come back. Enough of my voice. I'm going to let you guys take the lead on this one. I'll tee off onto the last four games. All righty. Welcome back, everyone. We'll start with the Sharks and the Tigers. I think, Benny G, you put your hand up for this one. I'll put my hand up. Sorry, man. Oh. That was terrible. <laughs> So uh, I, I was a bit excited to do the uh, the Sharkies welcoming uh, Sherry back into the team, but no, no. But we still got William Kennedy at, at fullback, so I don't really know how long Maddie Moylan's going to be out for. He potentially could be back this round. Have you guys heard much about that? I thought he was, he was almost... Uh, in the side, there was a bit of conjecture about whether he'd actually get named or not. Um, yeah. We might just be taking a bit of precaution there with him. Yeah, so I, I guess Will Kennedy, if he, if he is back and you've got him, you can still keep him for this week at least. Um, he's got a he's one of the uh, what is it? One of the cheapest centre wing options. I think he's about two hundred and forty k odd, and he's got a negative break even. So you're going to make money there. Just don't know how quick Moylan's going to come back. Obviously, he could be back this week. Another one of the cheapies that got his spot was um, Sione Katoa. I don't know if any of you guys are owners, but he's got a negative 40 break even. 
and he's about 368k so it is a bit of an awkward price he's actually only one of two sharks players that i think have averaged over 50 per game so sharks aren't doing too well in a super coach front obviously the other one is sj who only got 28 last week so they're not doing that great i think katoa he's got 155 points so far um, it's a 94 in the first round and 61, so he's looking at a pretty decent price rise. And, and at center wing, he could be good value there. Any of you guys looking to bring Katoa in? No, not seriously. He's a decent option. As you said, he's been killing it. He's only scored the two tries. And when I say only, that's in two games. But he, um, it's not like he's pumping out a couple of tries a game to get those scores. He's He's... You know, scoring off his own merits, so he'll make a, a very handy price rise over the next couple of weeks. And I guess it's not the worst option if you wanted to, you know, bring him in and you could potentially flick him straight back out in two, three weeks to one of these fallen guns, um, almost as a straight swap. So I don't hate the option, JT. Uh, last time I thought Katar was relevant was like, what was that, 2018? When he came for that that buy round out of nowhere or whatever. But, um, no, you know, I was surprised to see the break even. But, yeah, I think his spot was basically saved by Sherry getting done, wasn't it? So, who knows? It's a bit of a lottery at the moment and he's too much of an awkward price to risk it. Yeah, I guess the great thing about these five trades is that we are in the – we do have the potential to bring in players that we can trade out straight away. So, that is one of the options of getting a bit of cash generation going. Uh, moving on, probably another one of the, the big ones he held his interchange spot was Toby Rudolph. Um, he's a dirt cheap at 171K, very solid front row option just to sit on your bench. If he manages to hold on to his 30-ish minutes a game, I think last game he got 42-odd and he scored 50, um, he could make 100k plus over the next couple of weeks. I don't know if any of you guys have got him. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's that halfback, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> oh, I'll never live that one down. You, yeah, you're got... the only one that brings it up. I <laughs> <laughs> awake. Why awake at night, haunted. Uh, but yeah, he's good enough for me. He's uh, someone you don't have to worry about. Make the cash, trade him out. Yeah, I, I, I guess the other one um, with the cash generation was uh, Blake Braley. It's got negative 21 break-even. I think a lot of people will be looking at who I'll be, one of the players in the next team I'll be looking at in the Tigers, probably looking at that Braley to Grant trade in two-ish weeks. I know Lakey was talking to me about it just before the start of this pod. Um, but, yeah, he's got negative 21 break-even, so he's going to make a little bit of cash. And he's going to be a great option to trade out in the next two weeks or so. Um we got Nakora coming back into the team, but I don't really know if he's going to go that much better this this year. Scott Sorensen back to the interchange. Um, Fafita, I don't know if anyone has him anymore, but he's played 38 and 39 minutes in the first two games. So if he's not getting the minutes, he's not getting the points, and he's just looking uninvolved, I guess. You guys got anything to say about Fifi? He looks busted. Let's say we were worried about his knee in the preseason and JT hosed that down, but Jesus, he's come out and he just still looks busted. 
Did I hose it down? Oh, because he didn't have strapping one week. Yep, that was my mail and it's completely bugging me, but whatever. Stand by it. <laughs> How about your boy Jack Williams? He's still there in 13, Benny yeah, J. didn't want to mention him. <laughs> well, I uh, traded him out after round one, so I didn't get his his uh, dropkick score in round two. I can't remember what he got. Did he even clear 30 in the end? I'm not too sure. Do you guys, do you guys have him? No, no, I avoided him like the plague after your rant on him in the preseason. <laughs> Don't say I didn't do anything for you then, Mikey. <laughs> so moving yeah. on to the, to the Tigers, we've got Adam Dewey, Dwayne, whatever you want to pronounce it, moving back to fullback. Um, don't even think about it. Terrible option. Um, got uh, Moses Embiid returning to the centres and Corey Thompson out. Um, and then the big one that, we're, that I was chatting to you about before is Harry Grant starting at hooker. Um, obviously, you can go ahead and bring him in now if you really want to, but we've got two weeks to look at how many minutes he's getting and et cetera because we still have Billy Walters on the interchange. Um, have you guys got Walters and what are you thinking about doing with him? Yeah, I'm an owner. He's at negative, what, 35-ish break even. So even if he only plays 10 to 15 off the bench over the next couple of weeks, he's going to make some cash, um, which is going to be handy. So I guess you just hold him and worry about your other fires for now, but he's going to be a priority trade out um, in just a matter of weeks. I guess for me is he was playing that well, um, in the first couple of rounds, I don't think they can completely cut his minutes right out, um, no matter what Grant's doing. So I, I don't know how – I mean, I don't get paid to coach these guys because if I did, they'd be playing very differently. But, um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how he runs. Yeah, Everyone's talking about, like, uh, yeah, he's going to be like, – hold him for now, but he's going to need to be traded out in a couple of weeks. We've said that for, like, 10 different people tonight. So this round five trade week is going to be bloody massive. We're going to need another five just to get rid of all these players that have peaked. That's the worry. I haven't even thought that far ahead just as we're talking now. Like, maybe I should do a uh, proper accountant thing and get a spreadsheet going because, yeah, it's trying to fit a lot of, uh, a lot of pieces into this puzzle at the moment. But Harry Grant, for me, is definitely a sit and wait. Um, got Brayley there, who will uh, be moved on to him in due course. Yeah, at round five. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, probably the other ones we're looking at, probably the big one is that Alex Twal has moved to lock. Um, he's, so he's available in, I think, front row only, is it? I don't think he's available at the second row as well. And he's just under 500k. Seems to be a pretty popular option. Um, I personally don't think I'll be making that move. Um, I think that his minutes in the second round were heavily inflated. Last year he had the same thing when he had about six or seven games where he was just pumping out the minutes and then they just completely dried up and I'm just afraid that's going to happen again. Um, any thoughts towards 12 for you guys? Are you back, any of your owners at all? No, I'm not an owner, and as I was saying to you earlier, I like him. I'm just not as convinced as other people seem to be. He um, scored 72 uh, in round two against the Knights, but we were doing that much attacking that I think he made 
67 tackles or 57 tackles or something like that. It, it was really pumped yeah. up his score just on tackles alone. So um, if the if the Tigers can turn that around, he's not going to be getting that same workload each week. Yeah, and I think McKaylee went off injured as well, so his minutes were inflated that game too. Uh, I'm, I was a little bit surprised, oh, not too surprised, that uh, Lucy kept his spot after his uh, defensive performance in that in that second game. I think having the big break has probably helped him there. We had a bit more of a chat about that in one of the earlier pods about the Tigers, but uh, as an owner for me, I'm pretty happy that he's that he's still there. Hopefully, he can get another try in this game. Mate, the shot he put on Ponga, he should have been gone for the year. Mm. Disgraceful. <laughs> Disgraceful. You can't hit the prodigy like that. Get out of it. I only saw Ponga's shoulder charge, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's not talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we got the – I mean, the interchange bench for the Tigers are a bit odd considering they've got Cheekham – Musgrove and Eisenhuth all on the reserves bench. And then they've got Alex Safar and Oliver Clark with joining Chris Lawrence and Billy Walters on the interchange. So, I mean, there could be a few chop and changes before the game actually starts on the weekend, but it's a bit of an interesting one. And Elijah Taylor dropped out altogether. I'm not too sure if that's an injury or he's just been dropped. Do you guys know anything about that? No, I haven't heard. Yeah. That's the thing with it. Got Lucy. He puts on a display like that. Yeah, he's got these like creditable first graders all around him. Can't even make the seventeen. Like, how long is that really going to last? Like, you were Madge McGuire and you watch that sort of rubbish week to week. Um, surely they got like Eisenhuth, Chi Cam. Those guys aren't that far away. Nah, nah. Lucy forever, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fallen over the line twice. Whatever. Move on. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the to the next game, which is a huge game, the Storm against the Raiders in Melbourne, which I'm pretty sure Canberra usually do pretty well down there. Um, so there aren't too many changes between the teams. The Storm have got um, Tui Kamikamitha out and Tommy Eisenhuth out as well, and Brandon Smith and Christian Welch joining the bench. Um, not a massive impact to Supercoach for the Storm, really. I don't think there's that many changes. I think Cam Smith's the only one that's actually doing that well. It's just been pretty poor so far this year. Pappenhausen hasn't been great as we all had hoped. Any of you guys looking at bringing in any of the Storm players? No, I think one option that I saw was Kamikamitha that you mentioned. He had a huge break even courtesy of some big starting minutes and a try against the Sharks, but uh, I think he's got a back injury or something like that, so... Uh, he's out, but yeah, outside of that, Storm just do their work, nothing of value. Josh Adokar, I don't know, maybe he'll be uh, fired up for a big year, so never really been relevant for too long, but to keep your eye on him, could have a point to prove. Yeah, that's true. Uh, moving on to the Raiders, so they have named the exact same 17 from round two as well. The only inclusion you'll probably notice is that Jordan Rappner is on the reserves. Um, many people have thought maybe he was going to take the spot of Simmonson in this round or it could be in the next few games. Any of you guys be looking at bringing in Rappano if he comes back in? guess it depends on how he goes. Did, anyone see, did he end up playing any games? Did he play any games in Japanese rugby over there? 
don't think so. He went over and it was pretty much called off as soon as he got there. <laughs> so he turned around and came back. I've heard him in the – he hasn't exactly returned in the greatest of shape, so he's still a while away in terms of being at a regular week-to-week first NRL first grader. So I don't know if what Union did to his body or whether it was uh, just the it was delay, all, but... all that ramen over there. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, apparently quite overweight at this stage from where he was when he left the game. So I think when they put him back in the game, he was like 470K price or something, which is pretty steep for an untested – well, untested. Uh, not untested, but a relatively interesting option like him. So uh, I guess the biggest thing is there it saves Simonson. Um, I'm an owner of Simo and I've moved him on, even though he's uh, remained in the starting spot break even of like 33 or so but um yeah i just don't like the rapana and the 18 there how long that's going to last and just doesn't seem to be a lot of points to be made from bailey this year or cash so uh either of you guys simo owners yeah i've got him um i'm looking at getting rid of him as well but yeah like i said i haven't completely made my trades yet i don't know whether i'm going to go down to someone a little bit cheaper or maybe try and upgrade into someone like Stags or something like that. Uh, moving on, we've got – well, Johnny Bateman still isn't back in the side. I think many many of us thought he might be, but he's still out, and that's good for Joseph Tarpany, uh, Horsberg, and your boy JT, or your old boy, Elliot Whitehead. Mate, he's, he's, he's averaging 65 and a half so far. Why do you not have him in your team? I should have brought him in. That would have been um, 2018 all over again when I actually did all right at this game. But, yeah, no, interesting. I mean, I'm a, out of those names, I'm a Horsburgh owner, so pretty happy there. The longer Bateman's out, um, gives Horsburgh plenty of time through the middle there, so he's a definite hold, same as if you had Tarpanay for whatever strange reason. Um, are you flirting with that, Lakey? No, I think that's Langy. We're confusing you for all these. Fucking hell. <laughs> I need to come on and introduce myself again. Uh, I think another one that everyone was potentially looking at for the cash grab is Emery Gula. So he's 220K, but the 94 that he got in the first round is going to roll out of the average after the next round. He might actually only make 100K or so over the next few rounds, so I'm not 100% sure what everyone's looking at. Maybe they literally just want a cash grab from the next two games to move them on. Anyone looking at that? No. No. Well, it's, again, that two-week, that all-important round five. So if you're getting another guy like Gula in, he's going to make 100K and then fall away off a cliff if his history is anything to go by. So if you can. No, well, he's also he's front row forward only. So if you're going to get one of those guys in, you'd be looking at JTB, I would have thought. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's pretty much it from the Storm Raiders. Don't want to go too much into all the trades and stuff like that. Leave that for tomorrow for winning. So I'll pass it on to you, Lakey. Uh, thank you. Yes. So heading over to Sunday, we got the blockbuster of the round that JT was alluding to earlier. Panthers v Knights, two uh, undefeated sides, top, top four clash here in round three. Doesn't get more exciting than that, guys. Um, and we're... And we've got a couple of huge outs, pretty much the relevant players in both sides. So, obviously, Cleary got a bit uh, promiscuous in the break, and uh, he's copped a holiday for that. 
And as Nick was just talking about before, KP put um, as big a shot on as he can in round two, um, and it's led to his shoulder charge. One of the most violent things I've ever seen done on a football field. Yeah. Now it was only one week, I'll never know. Oh, probably because he had nothing behind it. He weighs about 30 kilos, dripping wet. Um, so, yeah, he's gone for a week. So, I don't know. Like, I own both. I'm holding Ponga, um, considering it's just the week, um, and I'm flicking Cleary on. Um, you guys owners, and what are you doing? Here you go, Jason. I'm a Cleary owner and holding, um, again, because it's just too much going on in that two weeks. So I can trade him out and get someone in, but I've already got Moses, so I'm not too worried in terms of halfback there. So if you're carrying a um, like a George Williams or someone you can't move out of that halfback spot and you're going to have to play them, uh, Cleary might be a trade-out option then. But for me, he's a comfortable hold, given he'll be back in two weeks and like Addo Carr, a bit of a point to prove. Um, but Ponga wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. So, uh, yeah, Benny G. He wouldn't touch your side with a 10-foot pole either. Mate. <laughs> Don't need him. $10 million dollar pole. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got uh, Cleary and uh, Billy Walters at halfback, so I 100% need to get Cleary out, um, looking at maybe potentially moving SJ up to halfback and then bringing in a 5-8 or... A potential swap straight to Moses. There's a few options there, but yeah, definitely I'm not in any position to be able to keep Cleary. I don't think you can really keep him if you've got someone like Moses or SJ as well as Cleary at halfback. Yeah, exactly right. And that's the same predicament I'm in. Cleary with Walters as his backup. So um, not knowing what Walters is going to do from the interchange there at the Tigers, you just can't run that for any length of time so got to flick him it's a lot of money there you can pretty much trade him to anyone in the game so um it's a must trade for me um looking through the rest of the panthers side there's a lot of super coach relevance here the best of the lot at the moment is appy uh who's come out flying if you were tossing up between him and cook as i was and you went the latter you're kicking yourself right now appy um is what he scored a hundred, I think, last game or round one even. Uh, he's looking at a negative seventy-ish break even. He's just going to go flying up the board. So um, he is a must trade in, in my eyes. Um, the next couple of guys you'll be looking at are both center wing options in Isaiah Yao and Josh Mansour. Both come out. Um, and killed it as well, uh, just at the 400k mark. They're both negative break-evens and will be making you a fair bit of cash. So um, do you guys own any of those three or not own any of those three, I should say, and will you be bringing them in? Oh, Benny G, I'll let you take Isaiah Yo, What a call. Yeah, so I started with, with Yo. I was pretty happy about that. Um, it's probably helped me to be the position I am after his, what did he get in the first round, like 90-odd, when he made those two line breaks in the last five minutes. At all these tackle busts that Jazza keeps telling me, he hasn't done that ever before, but he's done the same amount of <laughs> Yeah, I remember Just that like conversation. Terrell. Just like Terrell, I think he like doubled his average last or his entire tackle bust and line breaks, whatever. Yeah. Game, he'll never pull out again, whatever. Until round three. Anyway, but yeah, the only one I don't have out of them is Mansour, and he's he's looking he's looking great. 
Um, I, I don't know if I'll be able to bring him in this week, but he is one of the uh, – I'm looking at between like your Masters type, your Stags, Mansour. There's, there's a few options around that four to 500K that I'm looking at, and he's one of my potential targets, if not this week, maybe in round five when I'm bringing everyone else in. Yeah, I guess that's the problem. There's – so many for some reason so many center wings at that price range that are all potential buys and there's only so many you can get obviously so you've got to uh, throw the dart and hope you hit the right one um the other bit of bit of relevance i guess um kick out and james fisher harris that'd be the other guys you'd have from this squad um nothing there says that they won't get big minutes still um, in my eyes. Tedavano has been pushed down to the bench um, with JFH moving into the middle rotation um, and making way for Kurt Capewell. So um, I can still see what JFH played about 60-65 in the middle last year and I guess that to me says Kikau should continue on his 80 minutes. So those guys will both potentially be relevant, but I think you can wait on those for the time being. Um, nothing on the interchange or in reserves that really worries me, unless you guys can see something different. What do you think about Capel coming back? Hmm. How many minutes do you reckon he'll get? I mean, if he he's 400K and he's available in center wing as well. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't – I've never really – he can play. I've never really – rated him personally um and but there's like Stephen Crichton's on the interchange so he's more a utility Tedavano and Leota are the middle guys um and then you got Liam Martin Liam Martin sort of demands some decent minutes too so I think there's going to be a rotation with Capewell suffering at the hands of Martin coming on um I don't you know whether uh, how much that is, I just don't know. Hmm. I think if anything, like Yo and Capewell suffer because of each other in terms of super coach uh, points here. So um, Yo obviously has got the cash rises to come, and he's a safe bet for your center wing week to week. But um, yeah, I definitely thought Capewell would be coming back from the bench, so I was a little surprised to see him uh, in the starting spot there. But even if Yo hits, you know, 50 minutes at worst, um, he's still a hold for the next three or four weeks while he um, rides out that miracle game uh, that Benny G had him for. So. <laughs> well, mate, it could have been even worse. Didn't he make a big loan break in round two and then throw an intercept as the line loomed? <laughs> Oh, God, imagine the break even if he had landed that pass. Yeah, yeah I had a chat to him and said, don't be too crazy, mate. Yeah, just <laughs> pin, the pin the ears. Pin the ears. The Knights, as I said before, KP is out. He's being replaced by a young sex toy who reportedly should be taking over the goal-kicking duties as well. Um, but don't get too excited. It's obviously only going to last a week. Um, the big one here is that Bradman Best didn't make the side, as we were talking about on um, the previous pod, JT. O'Brien has been pretty happy with the center wings and he's decided to stick fat with the four guys that were running there in the first couple of weeks. So you've got Lee, Tuala, Shibasaki and Hunt. Um, none of those are really relevant. Um, so I, 
if anything, that's good news for us because I think we can wait a couple more weeks until Best does play and, and let our other guys fatten up um, a bit. Benny G, from an objective perspective, looking at that one to five for the Knights, is that one of the worst you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> it doesn't look great, but hey, they're quite the latter, aren't they? Doesn't have to, mate. When you're up by 40, you don't need it. Oh, boy. It, looks, it, doesn't, it doesn't get any better in number six either, mind you, with Kurt Mann sitting there. Mate, They're not a buyer. Yeah. He's doing okay. I've got to say, I, I need to apologise to the young man for all the slander I put on him in the preseason. He's come out with a roughly 50 average and he's sitting at a negative break even. So he's going to make some cash for owners. And if you don't have him and looking to bring him in, again, quick cash grab, but... I, his um his draw at least in the next couple of weeks is very tough. Um, this Panthers side and then the um, grand finals from last year, the Raiders next week. So um, those prices could be very short lived. Um, Clemmer is a gun in that front row. Uh, Fitzy is a gun in the second row. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I, was, I was expecting a bigger bite there. Um, Connor Watson gets the nod at number nine, but Chris Randall uh, makes his debut from the bench. He's a um, de- debutant um, hooker. And either way, that's not going to last long with McCulloch. Um, now in the squad, he should only be rested this week, I think. Be back next week. Um, not too much else of interest there um, for the Knights. If anything, um, the big ones are the outs, Brayley, Ponger, and Barnett. That's that's some big outs for the boys, but um, not too many people have those as super coach options outside of Ponger anyway. You're not keen on Sione Metallia? I am not. He doesn't last more than 15 minutes before getting ahead, not. He did all right in the buy around for me last year. <laughs> yeah, mate, he's all yours. You've got five trades. Use one on him. All right. We'll kick it to the last game of the round, and um, it's another another cracker. Um, the Seagulls taking on the Mighty Bulldogs. This should be a demolition, shouldn't it? Steamroll, oh, man. Yeah. Listen, um, Tommy Turbo at the back. He had a really rough round one, but he came out in round two and put seventy one on, um, and and just looked sharp again so he's someone i'm keeping a very close eye on in the next couple of weeks i'd love to have him for this game but i don't know that i can make it work um i think in your chat the other day jt um with bear he was talking about turbo being a potential in and i can see why now um as mm. d sway you into getting him no, not at all. It's an interesting one because he's a Storm fan and he's saying to sell Ryan Pappenhausen. So, not too sure of the thinking there. I think in, in terms of what he's doing, he's trying to get to guns um, straight away and lost faith in Pap. But um, more than happy as a Pap owner to sit and wait uh, for Turbo to start putting some week-to-week big games together. We know he can, um, but definitely more fires to put out than selling a guy like Pap. Yeah, I, this is a game here. I... I guess looking ahead to my captain's article, I think Turbo is going to feature and I think he's probably going to crack the ton just calling it early. I can't see how he won't against his Bulldogs side unless they get into that really grinding type 
um, defensive slugfest, but even then, this side is it should be far too good for them. Um, you, you're talking about the one to five of the Knights. The rest of the Eagles' backline isn't anything to write home about. No one should feature in any Supercoach sides there up uh, till DCE, who's another interesting halfback option. But no goal kicking this year, not as as interesting. Uh, AFB and Tapau as the engine room, Danny Levi. Um, I guess a guy I'm keeping a close eye on is Jake Jarojevic. Um Started the year a bit underdone, but still came in and knocked out 80 straight away. And I guess the break's probably going to have done him wonders. Um, you guys interested at all? Benny? Um, kind of just waiting to see what he does over the next few rounds. Obviously, coming back in the first two rounds, I was just I wasn't expecting much from him, just coming back quickly from his injury. So having these extra weeks off will only do him good. So I just want to see what he does maybe week three and four and then potentially look at getting him in round five with my other ten traits. <laughs> Why not? Why not? He's he's got a fifty seven average um, and a sixty five break even. So yeah, he's not gonna go anywhere this week, but I guess for me, just seeing him out there running 80 minutes was encouraging. Um, and, I, yeah, I think he can only improve. And also no origin, no buy round. So well, that's like- that's a huge deal that we I don't think we've touched on too much in yet. But, yeah, these um, mid-season breaks aren't going to affect these guys at all. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, I don't know. Do we need to talk about the dogs? The, no. Dean Britt. That's probably exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think Benny G. As I said, the only guys who have been super coach relevant so far this year in, I guess, Brendan Wakeham and Joe Stimson have, are both out of the side now. Wakeham's got dropped and Stimson's injured and done for the year. Um, Tolman also got the cut. He's back in the reserves. Oh, so wow. I didn't notice that. I don't. Aiden Tolman. Aiden Tolman. Yeah, he's good. Oh, I've got no idea. But for all you um, AE <laughs> warriors, Jake Averillo is sitting there on the interchange in number 14. Um, perfect for all you guys who are hoping to run a loop. Uh, mm. That's a big thing now, thinking about it. Listening to um, Paul Green did a press conference after the team was named and he was saying, like, yeah, we're going to have to get used to people getting ruled out game day with high temps. Like, you're getting to a Sunday game and... Like, anything could happen there. Jake Averillo could feature in a few sides if uh, temperatures are running high for some of your starters. So Yeah, exactly it's, right. It's watched reserve lists. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I know a few guys who have kind of pulled Jake Averillo in hoping that he would be a starting back at some stage and make a bit of money, but seeing him in the 14 is not, in, not all that um, encouraging at all. Um, Adam Elliott still makes a side. That just amazes me every time the Bulldogs announce a side that Adam Elliott is starting. I don't, I can't get around it. But yeah, again, not too much of interest. Explain to me your fascination with Dean Britt, Benny. What do you mean? What do you mean? Explain. He's a great player. <laughs> um, I think it just um, yeah. last year had a, a decent. Points per minute, just he had a well, he was over one, it was like 1.06. And I think there was 
three or four games where he started and his points per minute were was great. It was it was um, 1.21 and 1.25 when he played at 12 and 10 against the Storm. It wasn't as great, but he played. He got 57 minutes from 60, 57 points from 68 minutes. Um, if he is starting um, and getting 65 plus minutes, I think he's just a decent option at that second row. He could be someone that you are looking to trade in for um, Liam Knight or something like that. You'll gain about 70 odd. K, I think it is. I can't remember what his price is. I think he's about 360-odd. Um, but, yeah, and he could get even more points than what um, Liam Knight was smashing out. So I think he's an option or he's someone you could probably look at. I don't know his job security, and that's the big thing with the Bulldogs. But I, I think I've just seen seeing him last year. He, he wants to get busy. He looks involved. And he's got the super coach style of game. Well, let's say we all make the jokes. The dogs have about a thousand second rowers, but they're all starting to rule themselves out for various uh, <laughs> reasons. So I guess his job security is becoming more and more um, secure, for lack of better word. Um, but yeah, RFM on the bench there, and Tuamanga as well. Um, but, yeah, if you were going to say anybody in this side had job security, it was Aiden Tolman, and seeing him in, in the reserves is just a bit of a shock to me. So I don't know what um, Pay is thinking, but, I mean, he's making a lot more money than I am, so good for him. Um, and that about wraps it up, I think. Mate, hour and 15 minutes. It's definitely the first teamless Tuesday. <laughs> I think it's just good we've had something to actually talk about rather than just uh, previews and getting you guys to sing and throw your hospital passes. So, no, we've got there. It's obviously a massive week in Supercoach. So, hopefully you've got a very lengthy commute tomorrow and the day after because Wenon, Stasi and his special guest will be coming at you with some detailed trade talk tomorrow as well. But, uh, no, we got there, eight games, massive games, no more than the uh, 6 p.m. Friday game, as we've said. But, Benny G, uh, thank you very much for coming back, sharing your wisdom and your uh, good luck stories with Natalia and <laughs> Yo. Thanks, mate. Lakey, thank you again. Uh, it didn't take too long on the nights there, so proud of you. I tried to keep it to a um, dull minimum. <laughs> All good. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, pleasure to be back in what feels like a bit of a normal round for once. So we'll be back with you every Tuesday from now on, uh, hopefully for the next 18 rounds. Who knows what will happen in this crazy old season. But uh, thanks very much. And Team Yeehaw to finish the pot, I think. All right, guys, it was good talk to you. Bye. Yeehaw. Great teamwork. <laughs> oh, how good. See you.